Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 62 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Boom! Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by today's, uh, today's co-host. He's uh, a fill-in for Sean Sheehan. He just repeats action noises repeatedly. You heard a boom, you're going to hear a thud. Thud. Brilliant. It's just it's as if I'm talking to Sean Sheehan here. It's not, he, he's not even here. Pow! Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. As always, joined by Limerick's favourite, Sean Sheehan. Sean, how's the form? Hey. Not so bad. I, the only bad thing is something I, happened. I, yeah, I know you're upset. I know you're hurt. Yeah. Tell us. Just I had to I had to close my windows. The first thing, anyway, boiling here, boiling. I think we live in different countries, Sean, because it's not hot outside. Like actually says it's only ten degrees here in mine, but it's definitely hotter than that. There, I was out all morning and it was boiling. But there's dogs barking outside. I had to close my windows. Oh, yeah, like a dog morning. in heat. I'd like a dog in heat. Like a dog in heat. Before we get to that, though, are you, I, I, I believe you have something. Uh, you have something you have to say, Andrew? Have you? I do. Well, Sean, you know, in the age of equality and everything like that, I found this was an appropriate time for me to tell the listeners of Severe MMA podcast that I am a massive fan of ROS Sports Nutrition. Ooh! You thought I was going to come out there, didn't you? Well, I had you on the ropes. Well, to everyone else, like <laughs> <laughs> ROS Sports Nutrition. Great lads, yes. the sponsor of the podcast here at Severe MMA. They are the official supplement providers for Leinster Hockey, Dublin GAA, and more importantly, come on the town, Dundalk FC. They're an Irish-based company. They're just like us, Sean. Small numbers, dedicated, very, very passionate about their product. Um, Irish-based and Irish-formulated. So that's a big, uh, big thing there as well. They're independently tested as well as tested by themselves. So no tainted supplement business going on, Yol Romero style. You can go over to their website, which is orsnutrition.com. They've got full breakdowns on all of their products. They've got their proteins, both plant-based and whey. They've got uh, recovery drinks. They've got your Omega oils. They've got absolutely everything that you could need there. All the breakdowns are on it, and they're also categorized by sport. So if you're a cyclist, if you're a long-distance runner, if you're a martial artist, a rugby player, a GEA player, or a competitive tiddlywinks player, there are breakdowns and uh, products that are recommended for your sport of choosing as well on the website. Sean, that's not all. No, what else, Andrew? They've got brilliant recipes as well for all of the healthy stuff that you can make. Paleo this, paleo that. You can get gluten-free this, gluten-free that. More importantly, they've got an avocado milkshake, which I am going to try between this show and next week's show. Nice. I was actually thinking about getting some stuff. Me, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fucking... Uh fitness guru or anything but uh try some of that, try, try some of that stuff out i have a friend of mine actually he's gonna try it out for me and report back so and in a couple of weeks i'll uh i'll tell i'll tell everyone what it's like if you're like sean sheehan's friend in the same boat thinking about maybe putting an order in you know helping the lads out at severe then you can do just that fill out your cart to your heart's content and i mean dale wilton dale winton style supermarket sweep sean are you following yeah. me on that one I'm following you because I watched that last week for the first time in quite a while as well. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. But oh I know my it. god! More on that later. Orosnutrition.com. Fill it up as high as you like. Put in the discount code at the end. Severe MMA on your first order, and you will get twenty five percent off your total order. No way. Yes way. Twenty five two five percent. And off of everything. Off everything. 
that's mad, isn't it? Yep. Also, if you check out their website, free shipping on all orders over 60 euro. Nice. Order before 2pm and get it shipped the same day. Great lads. ORS Sports. ORSNutrition.com. Fair play. Boom. Anyway. Help us help you. There you go. That's my Exactly. Camera. Help. What? Help us help you. No, well, help yeah. them help us and help yourself. Yeah. yeah. Everyone help each Everyone other. Everyone help each other and we're going to be <laughs> laughing. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. So... Right, my my shitty day. This is my shitty day. This is how it started, right? You know, when you become an adult, you have to. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Why? It's awful. Like I'm not an adult yet, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but I oh, from non MMA work, right? I oh, I had a check <sighs> last week that didn't come, right? So I went down to oh, the person who like deals with them, and I go, I said, my check didn't come. Can you get it sent again? And uh, the lady was like, "Yeah, no bother. We get it sent again. Uh, you'll get a double one next week uh, from the, from this place I was working at, right?" And then this week comes, don't get a double check, just uh. get the one check. I went down, I went down again this morning, and it was like, uh, "You said you sent me the double check there last week, and it never sent." Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, I didn't put it into the the machine. I'll have a double check for you next week. Who's so uh, who's running this office? John Ferguson's secretary. <laughs> I just hate these things though because you know me you now. I as I said last week, I hate dealing with people. It's the worst thing. Like you can never rely on anyone but yourself. It's exactly. Uh, funny story for the podcast. We may as yeah. well tell the public why we were uh, twenty minutes late starting the show today. Yeah. My mother wouldn't let me start the podcast <laughs> until I had the room cleaned. And the most scandalous thing is, Sean, there is a lady who comes in and cleans. Okay, what? she yeah, well, she'll she'll uh, she helps my mum because my mum's not really able to fit to do it anymore. So, um, my room has to be somewhat clean before the lady is even allowed into it just to sweep the floor and mop, I love that. mop the floor. You have, to, you have to clean before the cleaner exactly. Comes in. Isn't that the most <laughs> Irish thing Irish in the world? Thing ever. Yeah, it's it is. scandalous. Uh, there we go. First, first episode of the Severe May drinking game. I've already said the word scandalous six minutes in. Yeah, so we actually I need one of them. I take was a shot. To heavy hands. I was listening to Heavy Hands there last week, and someone made them a drinking game. So someone needs to make us a drinking game. Genuinely, it'd be my word. I think. Yeah. Mine would be Wonder what, what Boy. I'll say like a lot, and I say like, 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 like that. Um, so yeah, the mother wouldn't let me cle- wouldn't let me down to the podcast until the room was somewhat done. The room is a bit of a kip, to be honest, but probably the cleanest that I've ever cleaned my room. Or the quickest that I've ever cleaned my room. Have so, you cleaned out your shed yet? Uh, God, no. My dad still isn't back yet. I need to, we need him there so he can uh, give the go-ahead and what can or cannot uh, be thrown yeah. out. This is a six-month project, Sean. This is not yeah. a, a restoration man cave. Like, you, yours will be done pretty quick, but mine, mine, uh, mine will need a lot of actual work done to the building because cats can crawl into it as it is. Yeah, I thought so. mine would be a six-month project as well, but it actually turned into like a... Two-week. No, a bit longer than that. Did I, you get I your chair? Fu- yeah, I got my chair. It's sweet. 40 fucking schnats. 40 euro. Did you see the picture of it? It's on Instagram. No. Unreal chair recliner. I was looking the, at... Uh, the, I, had a recline, I have a recliner up in my room, a black one. I was going to give it to yeah. you. Sweet. And I got, I got another... I got a couch as well. Well, Patrick... I saw the couch. couch. It is a fine couch. couch. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a table, stools, and a heater on Wednesday. I'm getting painted on Wednesday as well, and I'm getting uh, flooring done next early next week. So once I've done that, it's going to be basically done. Question. Yeah. What do you make of heaters? 
I I don't really we just see we don't really use heaters here because we've central heating. But I, my man cave's out the back in a new power. Like we built on a small bit to the side of the house, and I have one in there. It doesn't have central heating, so so I need a heater. So I don't really use any heaters. Why are you? Well, you tell me about heaters. This is good. I have I have a heater in my room. Yeah, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. It's one of the heaters that would have lit in, uh, lit up in the past to simulate a log fire inside it. Oh yes. But really, the heat comes out at the bottom. So, I better put my phone on silent there, because that just uh, vibrated everywhere. Remember, remember them superstars you could get years ago? No, that's beyond my time. But uh. the, the point is about them is these heaters, despite being so small and just plugging into the wall, I think houses could actually get rid of central heating and replace them with some of these heaters. Electricity is very dear as well, though. Ele- yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm not too sure, but my room, for example, if you put that on for half an hour and shut all the windows, you're toasty for the rest of the night. That's exactly what I need now. Actually, do send me a picture of that, because I'm just like, where'd you get it? I got it in Harvey Norman a couple of years ago before it shut in Dundalk. How much but, was it? Uh, well, Harvey Norman was closing at the time, so I got it for 40 euro, I think. Not bad. But it might have been, uh, been cheaper. But literally, these things are... On, like I wake up quite regularly about three hours after I've fallen asleep and my room is an absolute sauna because it's still on. <laughs> I fall asleep with it on and then you can't taste anything in your mouth because it's dried out from the heat. Oh you have to open all the windows for about five minutes and then you go back to bed. So I'm just I'm the sort of guy who doesn't like the heat at all. I'd sit in a cold house like in the middle of winter. No problem. Yeah, no, me too. I, you see, I'm not too sure what it is. I think I've had this discussion with Graham recently. Do you rather? Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Oh, too cold, definitely. I'm not sure. I don't like being too hot. Like if I'm hot, I, I am. Don't like uh, it. I'm. I think I could adapt. You know, the northeast we have a very med- Mediterranean climate up here yes. in Louth anyway. But yes. I think I would adapt very well to a a slightly a slight change in temperature. Like I brown very easily, Sean. I'll put it that yeah. way. I look I, good I, with a tan. I brown very easily as well, actually. Do you? Yeah. We're gonna have such nice matching tans this summer. I've never burnt. I've never got sunburn in my life. Well, I have. Quite badly. <laughs> it wasn't in Brazil that yeah, time. Yeah, do you remember yeah. those pictures? I do, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, uh, I don't want to say like any sort of degree sunburn, but my t-shirts then were like sticking to it and getting fabric oh, in it. Oh, fuck. And again, once again, Sebastian Tires' fault for letting me into the pool with no sun cream on. But that's an issue for another day. Mm. Remember that big heat we have like four years ago, maybe? Yes, it was like and no. 40 degrees. Yeah, I can remember we had unreal weather for a while. It was yeah. around the time that I was just getting used to starting driving and thinking it was the best thing in the world. And then uh, going out to Carlingford, going out pier jumping all the time. So it was. Uh, I couldn't uh, cope with that. It was it was too hot. Nah. I, like, I always sleep with my room windows closed and I had to open both of them and I was still boiling. I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't cope with it at all. It was too hot. It was like no. it was like twenty degrees at night time. Oh fuck that! I am looking forward to. Uh, I am looking forward to all of this. You know the upcoming summer weather. I'm yeah, not. Hopefully it'll be good. A bit of it's nice though because it kind of revitalizes you. Like it kind of, you know, it brings, it brings your D. levels back up. Yeah, a bit of vitamin D is always good for nice me. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, how's the form? Are we ready to talk about our favorite favorite light heavyweight pairing? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose what um, Rashad oh, Evans with Jamal Kishira is. Eh? Guess yeah. what? Uh, I'm a little bit annoyed we're recording today, Sean, to be honest. Why? Because we're very close to the three-year anniversary of Conor McGregor's UFC debut. Oh, are we? Jesus. Who do you fight again, Marcus uh, Brimage? 
good old fight, wasn't it? He won, didn't he? 96 seconds or something. First round finish, yeah, against Marcus Brimage. 60 Gs, baby, etc., etc. The rest is history. Mm. Indeed. So, let's get to it, I suppose. This week, well, as we were finishing the podcast for last week. Yes, I it, was, it overlapped, I think. Yeah, John Jones was um, went up in court in front of... In front of a judge with, with uh, a oh, Helen, yeah. Helen Mern lookalike. What about me uh, last week on the podcast saying nothing will come from this? <laughs> LOL, JK, John yeah. Jones spends two days in jail. <laughs> two days in jail, yeah. But he got away with it anyway, basically. He can't drive. And he's after actually employing a driver now, which, which is smart. Um, so I was looking all, you know, it was all looking good. John Jones versus DC was on. Uh, Jones has been out of jail. He's back trending, posted videos of Instagram. And then, boom, pow. Daniel Cormier pulls out injured, replaced by Ovance Saint Peru for an interim title with John Jones. Thoughts? Right. Question mark. Who's going to mention the interim title first? Here's what I think. Yes. The UFC had no intention of putting an interim title fight on. John Jones, despite his positive demeanor on Instagram, said there is no hope of me fighting on this card, lads, unless you put an interim title on the line. And the UFC were like, I guess we have to put an interim title on the line. OSP gets the call. There it is. Am I looking into that too much? I don't know. Uh, for the first thought I had, right, was, okay, they put an interim title up because there's no way in hell you get someone to fight John Jones and short notice unless you did that. Yeah. There is, a, I'd say, there's a, an element of that in it as well. Yeah. To be fair, this interim title, like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to be talking about Edgar and Aldo later in that interim title, uh, but this one, it kind of <laughs> small makes, miniature flags for some. It makes absolutely no sense at all. It, there's absolutely no need for it. Like, Cormier defended his belt, and that was just like six months ago. He's out for what? He said six. He said he if he wanted to be back by UFC two hundred, if they wanted to put him on that, he would be back. So what? Like, why are you why are you taking? He's not taking his title, but why are you making an interim? Like, there's no point in making an interim at all. Just it's basically just so you can give John Jones a belt. Um, and yeah, look, these things happen when 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 it's on short notice. They 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 make these belts. But look, we we all know we spoke about it last week. It's Nate Diaz is right. These belts are fairy tales. That's and that's all they are. Like the more the more things like this happen, the more you know it turns out that they are just pure fairy tales. Like belts belts are great until like you kind of get to a certain level, and then they're kind of just pointless. Like we all know, John Jones is the best uh, light heavyweight in the world, even though Daniel Cormier has a belt. We all know Habib is the best <clears throat> lightweight in the world, even though even though. Um, uh, RDA has the belt <clears throat> if Jose Aldo beats Frankie Edgar for the interim title he just got knocked out in 13 seconds by Conor McGregor what, like <laughs> and he is like they're just belts are basically just a promotional tool and they always have been but look they're a great thing to, to work towards and everything and you know for guys say like Demetrius Johnson and in divisions like that it proves like you're the be- one of the best in the world or the best in the world at that moment or whatever you want to call it but when you get to like levels like Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey or John Jones it's a fight for who's best rather than a fight for the belt. If you it's know, it's a fight I mean. for fight. the money. Yeah, it's a fight for the money exactly. But um, just just that, on Owen Semperu as well. 
imagine imagine the phone call that that came out to him he's like okay um listen we're gonna want to get you to fight uh john jones on two weeks notice right and then you beat him right all you have to do then is beat daniel cormier and then you're the real champion that's all you have to do seems legit seems okay also the quickest possible route osp would have had to a title regardless uh, well i don't know he's not that far away there, there isn't that many more people in the you know up there a rumble johnson uh is the only one really ahead of him who, who, like who else is there i don't think rashad is getting that shot at jones again glover to share is definitely not getting this like i think you know i think he could have taken maybe an easier fight and and, and gotten to a title I think they obviously would have maybe this, matched osp with gustafson sometime this yeah. year like hopefully they're paying him that goofy short money to you know for this fight because he's, you know, he deserves it stepping in against john jones and on, on such short notice but yeah what what do you think anyway of the whole situation the, the dc injury and everything um, D- well, first of all, out of all the tweets that happened last night, someone gave John Jones abuse for not putting his name in the tweet, and he said, no, I did, it was at the end of the tweet, I just didn't capitalise the P on pussy, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, those tweets last night were just the best. They were brilliant. They? John Jones oh. is on another level in terms of his humour, yeah. in terms of his absolute scathing attacks on Cormier. And you just see the difference. Jones getting like a couple of thousand retweets for every tweet. Cormier gets 22. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's one clear fan favourite here in this. And for whatever reason, because realistically, John Jones shouldn't in any way, shape or form be the fan favourite <laughs> for this fight. But still, everybody wants to see him back. Everyone wants to see him win. Everyone is in his corner completely. If, if, uh, if WrestleMania taught us anything, nobody likes a good guy. Exactly. Yeah. I do like uh, and don't worry we will I know you're we you, get uh, oh, we get eager that. listeners probably perked up there thinking finally they're going to stop talking about this <laughs> finally. shit finally and talk about Wrestlemania that's coming later in the show I can guarantee you 17 minutes in we're not quite ready to talk about the comings and goings of Shane O'Mac's death-defying stunt at the weekend but yeah. we are going to get there I promise you that yeah. Daniel Cormier's injury, though, he is genuinely injured. He's not just hurt. That was the differentiation that he made on Twitter last night. He said if he was hurt, he'd still be there in three weeks' time to kick your ass, Jones. He's injured. UFC 200 seems like the absolute perfect time. People are saying maybe the card is lacking something. It's lacking a card. It's lacking one fight. Maybe one big, big name to make it take over to beat. Yeah, okay, this is a, a landmark UFC event. I think, first things first, the UFC should get on their knees and absolutely pray that John Jones beats OSP so they can set up the Cormier match at UFC 200. But I do believe that Cormier is genuinely hurt. He's never pulled out of a fight before. I'd say it absolutely killed him to have to pull out of this fight. Um, was in a talk MMA on Twitter who had the scoop about a week before everyone else. His friend was at a jiu-jitsu tournament that Cormier was at and Cormier was limping, not able to put any uh, real, real weight onto his leg. And then a week later, comes out, Cormier's out. Mm-hmm. So I do think it was, uh, I do think it was something, but... AKA have a pretty uh, pretty bad record at the moment when it comes to guys staying healthy and staying fit before fights. Yeah, it, look, it's definitely a real injury and stuff, but it, the thing with me when I always hear about this, this rematch since they've made it and, you know, all this trash talking and stuff, there's always that niggling feeling in the back of my head that, okay, this is all great and all this rivalry is real. You know, these guys don't like each other. But John Jones is so much better than him, and he's getting better. And Daniel Cormier is, you know, Daniel Cormier is not going to close that gap any bit. And like, if I know that, and if you know that, and if every smart person knows that, 
but Carmia knows that as well. And you know, like I, I said, I was talking to someone there yesterday, and I said, like, you know, th- this is the best. This is the the only way Daniel Cormier was holding on to that belt for for uh, a little bit longer. You know, for a little bit longer. Like, I'm not saying he pulled out. You know, to hold on to a belt for a couple of extra it. weeks. <laughs> but, but it does just look. It kind of worked out that way. He's and, got. Uh, uh, he's know, got a couple of big. It's, Big high-profile event signings in the next couple of weeks. He needs the boot. He needs the belt <laughs> yeah. for the extra yeah. ten grand fee. <laughs> yeah. Like like for Doom, the time he won the belt. Like, oh no, I'm injured. I'm gonna be out for a year. A year um, doing seminars <laughs> around the world. Yeah. It's like I just tapped Fedor in an ankle. B or B doing triangle seminars at MMA gyms all around the world. Yeah, but that must be a, it. Must be a weird feeling for Carmia, like. Because you know, I'd find it like I'd find it very hard. Maybe you know he knows he's a he's a pro wrestling fan as well. He knows like you have to uh, you know you have to get all this trash talking and stuff. But it must be hard for him to do it too. Knowing like he got bested by John before, and it's you know it's probably going to happen again. But, I, well, I don't think he's thinking that it's probably going to happen again. But I don't know. I just, I know these you know fighters kind of talk themselves into things and they tell themselves you know that they're gonna you know, they're gonna beat guys, but. Deep down, I think they know, you know, especially someone like Carmier, who, you know, he, I think he fought his best fight he's ever fought against John Jones, and he still lost well. Like, so, I disagree. I, I disagree, and this is going to be a, a standard issue for anybody who wants to zone out for the next two minutes. There's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu reference coming in here to my point. <sighs> I'm only joking, go on. Is that once you... Once someone beats you in a tournament, I've been beaten by people multiple times in tournaments and I've gotten wins over them after having been beaten by them. And for me, it's the, it just makes you want to train harder. It makes you want to get better. It makes you want yeah, to get that person again in the first round of the next tournament so you can turn around to everyone and prove that, yeah, I can beat them. I don't think, like, fair enough, Jones did t- uh, play into Cormier's game and beat him everywhere. And yeah, he probably was on all sorts of concoctions of, of things at that time because John Jones lived a party lifestyle. So he claimed before every fight. So I I am really interested in seeing what this John Jones does because I do I do agree with you when it's going to be a total wipeout in this fight compared to maybe say the last fight when he already had the fight of his life and it still wasn't enough. But I don't think that Cormier should be discouraged because he doesn't know what's from what's stopping Cormier from thinking Jones is lying about his last fight. What if Jones was at his best ever for that last fight against Cormier? But he, yeah, but I even if he was, you know, even if he was. He's, you know, he's still putting it in for the. It's not going to be different this time. And like, as you said there, like, if you say you're a blue belt now, and say you you have room to improve. Like you're like you'll become a purple belt and a black belt or whatever. But these guys are at black belt level now, right? And like they're not they're not really getting better. Maybe Jones is because he's younger and stuff. But Carmier is deep into his thirties. You know, he he is what he is now. He's not gonna you know he's not gonna change. He's not gonna as John, John Jones said to him. He's not gonna get any faster. He's you know he's not gonna he's not gonna get that much better. You know, obviously, there's things you can maybe game plans you can you can conjure up and obviously things will improve in little bits. But with these injuries as well. He's, you know, his ACL he, he has been fucked up since, you know, way before he won the title, before the Jones. Remember, the, before the Jones fight, like they were on about him not even being able to take it the first one because of his of his knee, and he he took it anyway. Um, like Cormier, there's no way he he can train as much as guys say who have his experience at MMA but are younger and and, and healthier. Yes. So you know, it's, I think it's going to be very tough. Like, Carmi is a smart guy, and, uh, you know, 
of fighters do, as I said earlier, fighters do kind of cod themselves into believing it sometimes, which in one way is a good thing because you fight, maybe it, it encourages guys to fight better and you know, to fight above their level. But I think Carmi is a very, very smart dude and I think he knows him. You know, as I said, if we know it, he definitely knows it. But what, what about this OSP fight anyway? Do you think, do you give him any chance? I saw a brilliant tweet um, yesterday that I am going to pull up to quote because I don't want to say it and then someone called me up on it. I don't know if you follow this guy, right? His name yeah. on Twitter is at Uncle Fester. U-N-C-L-F-E-S-T-R. I've seen him a long time, yeah. I think he used to be involved in MMA and something. Like I think he used to have a podcast or something, but I've followed him for years. Now, his... Um, his tweet that he put up about, so Bone, he said Bones is a bullshit artist with his light heavyweight, heavyweight, it doesn't matter routine. He took the OSP fight because he's been training for a wrestler with inferior striking, and that's exactly what he's getting in this match with OSP. Um, I Fair? Unfair? I think OSP is more of a striker, to be honest. Um, look, OSP is not that, he's good, he's a good, he's a good fighter, like, but he fought Rafael Feijão in his last fight he okay he got a little bit injured and he kind of recovered again but it was just then a woeful performance by him got beat by Glover to share by before that three fights before that got beat by uh, Ryan Bader so <sighs> look Ovin St. Prue's uh, Twitter page last retweet story on Fox Sports headline OSP says he'll at least have a hell of a story to tell by fighting John Jones yeah right so if that's not Yo guys, collecting my paycheck here. Where's John Jones at? Gets into the cage, taps out. <laughs> See you later, you goof. That's like that's pretty much. It seems like he's setting himself up here already. I don't yeah, know. Look, well, he's you know he's. I, I'm sure he'll go in there with the mindset that he know, can win. That he can win because he's and stranger a, things have happened in mixed martial arts. When you when you've got that, like he's a power puncher. He's nine knockout knockout wins, like. Why not go in there and just give it like a round? I, I'm saying like Cormier knows that he can't win. Like I don't think Cormier has the punching power of of um, of uh, OSP, and I think that's the way to the only way to beat John Jones because you're not gonna. I don't think you could, anyone in the world is gonna beat John Jones over a decision. Like we've spoken about it uh, many times that Rumble Johnson we think is the guy that could beat John Jones. Like I I don't think he'll beat him. I don't think you think he'll beat him, there. But. No. But he's the guy who could do it because he has that big punch, you know, to knock him out. Um, and I think OSP is, you know, he's an awkward, I think he's a southpaw as well. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, maybe, but I, I wouldn't be backing it at all. I think Rumble Johnson has a better chance of being that guy. But, you know, never bet on a, you know, never bet on a puncher's chance in MMA unless they have a lot of things uh, behind it. But look, for OSP... Hopefully it's, it'll be a big money day for him. Uh, fair play to him for stepping in on short notice and, and, and taking this fight. I'm sure a lot of other guys w- wouldn't do it. You know, Rumble Johnson couldn't get cleared. Apparently he, he had some... Uh, well, that's the weird thing about it because Rumble Johnson's team a few days beforehand said that he's fit, training, yeah. ready and would take the fight if anyone uh, falls out. Fast forward a couple of days later, actually, no, he had a dental procedure yesterday mm. and he can't put a gum shield in his mouth and won't be able to take the fight. That was like, that was like Frank Edgar when he said... Uh, he, or Jose Aldo when he said anywhere, anytime, was, any place. That's a little bit different now, but Frank Well, Edgar's, not really. 
Frank Edgar is the one who says, like, oh, Conor McGregor's dodging me the whole time, even though you were offered the fight against him and you couldn't take it. Uh, that's weird. But anyway, yeah, OSP. Look, this is... It'll be good crack, if nothing else. Yeah. We still get to see how, like... I'm not going to shit all over this because I still think it could be an entertaining fight. I think it could be a somewhat competitive fight if OSP comes out and puts the absolute juice on him in the first round. I think we could see an, a very exciting first round. But, sorry, how much more annoyed would we be if John Jones wasn't fighting at the, yeah, in this exactly. card? How, how annoyed would we, would we be right now if it was like, oh, crap. Cormier is injured and they're shelving that fight until UFC 200. Fair enough, I can wait until the UFC 200, but I am just more in. Like, I don't care about the Cormier thing. I don't care about who he fights. I just want to see what John Jones looks yeah. like in the octagon now. Completely exactly. changed, away from a, a life of turmoil outside of the octagon. This is where we're going to actually get to see probably the greatest mixed martial artist to ever live finally mm. fight at somewhere near his full potential. I, I wish it was Mark Hunt. That's what I was hoping. Well, Mark Hunt was looking for it. Shane Carwin decided to try and reconsider re- lot, retirement. Yeah. Like, uh, bar- like, yeah, I'd get the fight quicker than Shane Carwin would. Like, cop yourself on. Then, um, who else was looking for it? Heavyweight. Uh, Derek Lewis, Hunt, I think, maybe. Carwin, and there was someone else, and I can't think of it. It's really annoying me. Ah! But- you know, my my first thought when this fight was made was, and I kind of have this a lot when when things like this happen. Remember Johnny Hendricks when he was coming up to to towards the title picture, and I think he won like seven in a row. Remember, like he one punch knocked out Fitch and Campman as and, well. Yeah. He's knocking the shit out of everyone, and then he got to the top level, and you know he started going to loads of decisions. He'd like two decisions with Robbie Lawler, and you know he stopped Saint finishing. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Saint Pierre. Um, kind of similar thing kind of happens to everyone because you know you're fighting lesser guys when you're making your way up but when you get to the top you're fighting the champion obviously and then if you win it you're fighting the top challengers all the time so it's kind of hard you know to finish him I think John Jones has gone to the decision the last three in a row but now John Jones has taken another step down you know he's fighting the number six guy in the world who is probably lucky to be you know number six guy in the world there's a big gap there's levels in in the light heavyweight division there's the three top guys exactly and then there's everyone else and I like this I think this could be a real showcase for John Jones I think he could absolutely blow him out in the first two rounds here I think more uh, impo- well I don't want to say more importantly because still a very good point there was an image doing the rounds on Twitter yesterday of the top 10 of the light heavyweights. Yeah. And it was like, who's booked, blah, blah, blah. On that list, OSP and someone else, I can't think for the life of me who it was, are the only two people that Jones hasn't beaten in that list. It was like, actually John Jones. Yeah. Oh, it was John Jones and it's OSP. All yeah. oh, right, yeah. so every other single person he had beaten in dramatic, devastating fashion. So I can understand the UFC, because like, I think a rematch... like. With Jones against any of those guys would be hard to sell. Considering the fact that Jones beat all of those guys when, through his own admittance, he was partying, he was doing this, he was doing that, he wasn't up to standard, and he still wiped all of those guys out. Who would actually want to see UFC 197, the rematch we've all been waiting for, former bros now going to throw down once again, John Jones versus Rashad Evans? No way. Jones would finish him in the first and laugh at the prospect of having to fight him again. John Jones versus Shogun 2. No, thank you. Jesus. Way to retire Shogun early. They are like, <laughs> no, 
no way, like, don't do that sort of thing. This is fair enough. I'm okay with seeing this match because at least, as I said, the main priority, my main point, if you take nothing away from this podcast, take away from it, ladies and gentlemen, that in a couple of weeks' time, we are going to be graced with the return of the best fighter to ever fight in the UFC. He's coming back into the octagon in a couple of weeks' time. Cody McKenzie? Yes, Cody McKenzie, Venator Fighting Championships, the 21st of May. Is he a McCarran? In Milan. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. I want to go. That was a nice segue there, wasn't it? That was beautiful. Yeah. I think I am going. I mean, you see, I'm not too sure. Here's, here's my predicament, Sean. I'll just throw it out to you here before we get on to the Aldo-Edgar discussion. Venator Fighting Championships. We've got Peter Queeley fighting on it. We've got Carl Moore fighting on it. I think uh, Dylan Took was talking about maybe getting matched on it for a while. Or we have Reese McKee versus Tommy McCafferty at UXC up north. Oh, is, I that need, actually, is that definitely happening? Yes, I need to clone myself. Wait, what date is that happening? Both on the same date, the 21st of May. Whereabouts is that UXC card? Oh! Why? I'm just wondering. Oh, you're thinking about it. Do you need a passport to get to Northern Ireland? <laughs> no, no, you no. don't. You're okay. I've never, I've never been in Northern Ireland. <laughs> I, like, and I don't have a passport. I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. Yeah. You would hate the drive because it's at least Two hours plus from my house. Oh fuck! Yeah, I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind though. That's yeah, because you'd like, make Patrick drive. Yeah, that'd be a fucking unreal fight. It, it is going to be a great fight. Yeah, and that could be it. Sean Sheehan, couple of interviews. Do my job oh, for well, me while I'm over in Milan. I don't know about that now, but no, we'll see. We'll see. Did I, have wouldn't you mind, that? I wouldn't mind road tripping. There we go. There yeah. we go. Let's see, we'll talk about I know the, preliminary. I know the, uh, the man from UXC, what's it, Mar- Martin? UXC, I have no idea. He listens to the podcast as well, I believe. Does so. he? Yeah. There's two yeah. or three guys involved with them. Stuart McQuitty actually listens to the podcast. Oh, we mentioned him last week. He, he was, uh, what did he ask me? He asked me. There is him. one guy involved with UXC that at some event, I haven't seen him in quite a while though, so I'm pretty sure that he's not involved in it anymore. At a Cage Contender show, he was... Uh, he came up to me and he started giving off about Cage Contender, saying how they do it much better. And then he was like, and who are you again? And I was like, I wanted to turn around and say, I'm the person you've been messaging on Facebook asking why I haven't done any <laughs> interviews at your show. You know right well who I am, so stop acting drunk and that you don't know who I am. But look, we let oh. these things lie, Sean, you know? <laughs> no, you don't. I don't, hold, I don't hold bitter grudges. Okay. But whatever. Well, I, I haven't seen that guy since at a UXC show. So I, I assume he has nothing to do with it now anymore. They always put on good shows though, don't they? No, yeah, they do. And I have to admit, I do like them. And well-matched amateur fights, cool venues. Always getting a couple of pro fights in now in the last couple of shows as well. So um, if you can't go, the people listening should. Support if you're listening. If you're from the north, even if you're from the northeast, the midlands, whatever. We road trip local domestic Irish MMA. As long as the McCafferty versus McKee fight stays through and sticks on the oh, card, yeah. then you're pretty much... Get, like, you would pay the price of a ticket to watch that fight alone. That's an unbelievable it fight. Is an, really it's a point. scandalously good fight. There we go. Second one of the day. Scandalous. Go. Take another shot. Here. Come here. Just Come here to me. To, to Algo Edgar. Algo. Algo? Algo Edgar. The, the McGregor-Diaz fight has been confirmed this week. And, okay, we've, we've talked about it ad nauseum at this edge. Excellent use well, of ad nauseum. Thank you. But one thing we haven't really talked about much because it wasn't confirmed this week is the weight. 170, right? And this, this is, a, this is a, a hot topic, right? Because, okay, we, we've talked about how this fight, you know, we don't mind seeing this fight. There was a lot of outrage about the fight and stuff. 
we don't mind seeing this fight happening and we understand why it's happening. I think a lot of people do understand why it's happening and some people aren't okay with that and other people are okay with it. No, I think that's fair enough. But the weight at 170 is is just weird and I think, you know, I don't know your thoughts on it, but I think it's kind of, it's kind of stupid. Look, Dana White came out and said that Conor McGregor demanded an iron little article on it. Then? As well. And then John Kavanagh came out and tweeted that the UFC demanded it. What were the exact words? UFC insisted on it. Sorry, those were the exact exact words. UFC insisted on it, and he said he didn't mind that it was it was fine. They agreed to it, but they want initially wanted it. He initially wanted it. John Kavanaugh at one fifty five, or he suggested one fifty five, but he was o- okay with it. Yeah. I'm not like you, it's, if, all, it's an odd one, isn't it? You'd have to imagine if John Kavanaugh is suggesting the fights at one fifty five, then everyone else around Connor is suggesting it at one fifty five, but. To say that he wouldn't be able to win the fight at 170 and he would be able to win the fight at 155, in my opinion, is ludicrous. I think the only difference in the fight being at 170 is... the My biggest annoyance at it being at 170 is if Nate Diaz wins again, you can't give him any sort of credibility in terms of the 155-pound rankings. Do you know what I mean? If he's looking to go after those rematches, looking to get another shot at the title... Two wins against a featherweight at 170 is going to do nothing for him in the 155 division. Yeah. So, And I know Diaz, as you said, fairy tales and stuff about the belt. Diaz isn't motivated by the belt. He's motivated about getting his losses back uh, more than anything. And that was what the biggest thing he came out with. Like, this is the... So Nate Diaz is playing the ultimate troll at the moment, right? Yeah, he is. It's and so good. Like He is yeah. absolutely wrecking the UFC in every, every public statement, being like... <laughs> where where was my rematches? Where was my rematch? It took me four years to get Graham Maynard again. This guy gets praised for an effort and he gets an instant rematch while I'm still chasing losses. And Diaz is probably going to make double what he made the last time because it's such a huge fight now. And he's going to put himself in an even better position if he wins the rematch. And he's still taking all of these shots at the UFC. The, it's- the best thing, though, is... <laughs> Whilst on an interview set up by the UFC, he gave out about the UFC not giving him interviews and stuff since he won and not pushing him since he won and pushing McGregor. But McGregor has done no interview. Like, and it's uh, DS has been on like Fox Sports, UFC Tonight, The Buzzer. He was on Jay and Dan's podcast. He was everywhere. Like, he's like, they haven't been pushing me. And I love the way he's doing it, even though it's like he's on a podcast Ultimate where the UFC troll. are pushing Ultimate him. Ultimate troll. It's but it's brilliantly because people are believing and people are eating it up. Oh, it's, it's he's selling them wolf tickets, but, but it's hilariously brilliant. Tell me what you think. I know you're not a fan of the 170. No, I'm not. You see, I, I wish we knew why. Like, I think everyone thinks it, it was McGregor, and look, I probably think it was McGregor as well. Who decided to have it at 170? And if it was, I think it's the UFC. And I said this during yeah. the week. Yeah, I said during the um. Brian Stan wrote an article during the week and it was brilliant. He said the reason that they're doing this is because if Connor loses against Nate again, it's at 170 and then his next fight is Frankie Edgar for his title and there's still massive interest. If Connor lost to Frankie Edgar for the 145 pound belt at UFC 200 compared to losing against Diaz again, Connor plummets. If he loses to Frankie at 200, he would have plummeted. That would have been a bad, bad move for him. If he loses against Diaz again, cool, didn't work. Frankie Edgar just knocked out Jose Aldo earlier on in the night. 
line that motherfucker up. We're gonna yep. we're already gonna be excited about Conor McGregor's next fight before him and Diaz will have already got in the cage because we'll know who the interim champion is at UFC 200. Yeah, that's I think the UFC are maybe protecting it, and I think maybe if anyone was going to be insistent on it, I'd have to say it's the UFC. Conor definitely believe like maybe a, a a mixture of both. So Conor believes in his own ability that he's going to be able to do it again anyway. So we've got that factor. Then the other side of it is the UFC are protecting their investment. That if Conor lost it uh, again, then it has to be some sort of damage control. At 170, that's the best way to do it. Damage control. Conor McGregor fighting two-way classes above he should normally fight. Blah, blah, blah. Talk to fight. Didn't work out. But he's still the champion and he's going to fight Frankie Edgar later on in the year in Madison Square Garden in the main event. I have a theory Ka-ching! here, right? I have a theory. Right. First of all, I think... Uh, if someone asked me what would I what, say what I do you think know. what do you think I think I'd probably say it was as I said earlier I did probably think it was Conor McGregor and I think it's a thing of I want it exactly the way I had it the last time and I want to beat him at 170 I want to prove I can beat him at 170 whether you call that an ego thing or whatever that I think that's fair enough but if it is the UFC and I, I don't think it is the UFC but if it is the UFC do you think it could be a thing of why was GSP there the last time? Mm. GSP's there. You heard Kenny Florian. He was on Fire and the Good podcast. And he was like, he was hinting at like, oh, you know, why was he fighting a 170? Exactly. Maybe there's other 170s out there that he's going to fight. Or, you know, GSP is a big star as well on, you know, the East Coast and Canada up towards that way. You know, is there a big card coming up in the East Coast of America? Yeah. Maybe at the end of the year. Something. The GSP and McGregor could fight on if McGregor beats Diaz uh. at 170. Well, if you want my take on it, Sean, one final yeah. take on it, one hot take on it. Nate Diaz did say, first of all, Farah Sahabi trying to play off St. Pierre being there because he wanted to witness history was kind of funny. Nate Diaz, though, dropping absolute scoops in his interviews really? saying, I've pissed McGregor off, I've pissed GSP off because now he can't come back and fight him at 200, <laughs> and more importantly, I've pissed the UFC off. And he said, literally, here's a quote from Nate Diaz. LOL, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Great, man. So, yeah, I do believe that the UFC were angling towards a Conor McGregor GSC, GSP super fight. Whether it's dead in the water, whether it may or may not be, fair enough. You have to say, though, if they wanted to get Conor an easy win at 170, they could have got him an easy win at 170. He's going after a relatively hard guy in Nate Diaz, just it, it's at a weight class at 170. You know, it's not like so. If if you had to put Conor McGregor up against Hector Lombard, then yeah, you're gonna start questioning things. But the Diaz fight is a big enough name to be able to say, yeah, okay, fair enough. Conor gets to fight GSP next. Yeah. Do you think that they'll do that? Do you actually think that they'll just surpass Frankie Edgar completely for the laugh and just be like, yeah, you won the interim title. There you go. Now it's an official title. Connor would just be like, right, away from me now. I've got proper business to look after. St. Pierre in the biggest fight in history. Uh, like, uh, it'd be a good reason to bring in an interim title, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, to, ha- to just have someone there in case. Do you know what, case- I think the general public and the featherweight division should, like, let's say best case scenario, Connor beats Diaz at UFC 200, Frankie Edgar beats Jose Aldo. Right? Yeah. Interim title. If at the press conference it was announced, look, Frankie, are you okay with keeping this interim title? Maybe even defending the interim title in Madison Square Garden so you can say you fought there so Connor can doddle up and fight George St. Pierre. Max Holloway, your boy. That's it. Oh, and then you've got the biggest rematch in UFC history. Holloway versus McGregor 2, UFC Hawaii, <laughs> early 2017. Mahalo. Yeah. 
There's a lot of speculation going on here, but uh, yeah, what what do you think of? Um... We've either just speculated massively, <laughs> or we were the ones that intercepted <laughs> the UFC strategic email that was hacked last week, huh? huh? <laughs> we've hit the, the fucking nail on the head there. I think probably not, but uh... <laughs> I can just imagine Dana and Lorenzo just writing everything down that we're saying here. This is gold. <laughs> Cancel the rest of 2016. We've got a new plan. On, on the interim title, per, uh, between Edgar and, and Alda, personally, I think that was the right decision. I, like, I called it. I said it, they should do it. You did call away. it. Psych Sheehan. Um, yeah. Look, we, we were talking about here about McGregor fighting Diaz if he wins fighting GSP. So there's, you know, there's a possibility that McGregor doesn't fight in for the for the featherweight belt, you know, maybe ever again, or maybe you know he could fight for it in six months, which would be almost a year since he's last fought for it, or it could be like, you know, early next year again, which would be like what twenty two months or something since you know since he last fought for it. So like. Okay, at the moment, McGregor, it's, what is it, five months since he, four or five months since he last fought for it. So that's not long enough to strip him, you know, of the belt. Anything could happen. Like, Diaz could get injured tomorrow and he could be back, you know, fighting Frank Edgar. He could get injured. You know, anything could happen. So it's, it's not long enough to strip him for the belt. But then you also have these plans that he is fighting Diaz and he's fighting him, you know, in a car that's, what, three months away or four months away or whatever. And you've... You Frankie Edgar, who is, I think we'd all agree, he's earned himself a title shot. You have Josie Aldo, who was a, a champion for years, lost once, and probably deserves an, you know, a rematch or title shot anyway. So you can't hold them up. Like, you can't hold those two guys up. You, you know, there's interim titles like that John Jones one where they just, they, you know, they ferry it up out of nowhere and it's, you know, it's, it's pointless. But this one makes sense, right? This one, it makes sense because it keeps the division going. It gives you someone to replace Conor McGregor if he doesn't come back. And if he does come back, it gives you a unification bout. So, like, it's a win-win-win, like, for everyone, I think. If they hadn't, you know, if they hadn't put in the, the uh, interim title um, uh, between Edgar and Aldo, you come to November and maybe you've Conor McGregor against GSP or you've Conor McGregor against Robbie Lawler or, you know, if he decides not to come back. And then you have the same situation with the winner of the Aldo, Aldo Edgar fight. They're saying, give me my title shot, give me my title shot. At least then if they had a title, as you say, Max Holloway, get in there, defend it again, whatever, or wait for McGregor. And you still you still have your title. You can get your extra money now from, from that title, you know. So, I, I look, for me, it makes perfect sense. It's it, You saw, it, they're exact polar opposites, I think, the Jones one and the OS, and the, the Jones OSP one and the Aldo Edgar one. One makes perfect sense. It's a long-term view that could be short-term. One is just a short-term view, and I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think Aldo Edgar, they were dead right to put in the interim title. What do you think? Oh no, I'm. I I think that's. Last week you made a very good point that I said that could have been your most intelligent point that you've made. This is probably a close second, so I will give you that. I think people complaining about interim titles, like how many times do we have to explain and have to understand and accept that the landscape of the sport as a whole is changing yeah fair enough an interim title in the past yeah that was cool when frank Mir went off a motorbike and shattered his leg and uh no he won the interim title didn't he He got stripped of it didn't he or did he get stripped he, yeah they just took the title from him right well 
better well, example. Said, well, there was ones in featherweight or heavyweight. Carlo, or Carlos Condit, for example. Yeah. And then people were like, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. We can do it an interim title for now. But the landscape of the sport has changed. You're dead right when you say that titles mean nothing anymore. Yeah. There, are further, there are further divisions that don't have money-making stars in them. Titles are just for to show who the best is in a division that doesn't have any drawing power in an attempt maybe to incite people into watching because it's a title fight, five rounds, different. I, that's the way I think it, I am, I'm looking at it these days. Yeah, me too. I just want to see the best fights. Like, I wanted to see Rumble Johnson against John Jones way more than I wanted to see John Jones against... against Cormier. Um, Cormier. Like, I want to see Habib Nurmagomedov against, uh, against Tony Ferguson way more than I want to see Dos Anjos fight anyone. For the title. Yeah. Oh yeah, completely. And you, you, it's it would make the world a better place if Khabib versus Tony Ferguson was actually for a title. Do you yeah, know, it, it would, would yeah. it would make. I don't want to say give the title a little bit more prestige, but if you put me in a room and you said, Andrew, you're on death row, you're about to die, you can watch one mixed martial arts fight before you die. On the menu today, after your starter and your last meal course, you have the choice of a five-round extravaganza between the champion Rafael Dos Anjos versus Eddie Alvarez, or you can watch Khabib Nurmagomedov fight Tony Ferguson in a three-round fight. What am I going to pick? And what is every other mixed martial arts fan alive going to pick? Yeah, we all know. Khabib, Tony. T- Tony knows. Look, look, the Tony the truth, Ferguson. Titles are great because they give they give the whole thing structure and stuff. But what I love about MMA is that you can move away from that structure when you need to be. Like this is the f- this is the most fun sport. Like you, you know, if you got a an FA Cup final between between fucking I don't know, don't Liverpool, say no, Liverpool see- and Blackburn or something. Like who gives a shit about that? But you can imagine if you had the power to say. Ah, look, Blackburn, you don't really deserve it. We're going to bring in uh, Everton instead. We're going to bring in Man United instead. We have a Liverpool and Man United FA Cup final. Imagine if you could do that. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Not really, because <laughs> I think there's a difference there now, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, but still, that's kind of what happens, though. That's kind of is what happens. Like, Gustafsson lost, and then he was brought in and fought Carmia because that's the better fight. You know, when, when Ryan Bader had won his way to the top. It's the same thing, like, basically. Uh, like I don't know. MMA, people, you know, people are always giving out about MMA being a sport, and I think you know, people, MMA people discussing whether it's a sport are very different from non-MMA people discussing whether it's a sport, right? When MMA people discuss it's a sport, it's it's talking about we, what we were just talking about, you know, people getting to the top, you know, getting to the top level and and you know earning their way to the top. Look, MMA is only a sport when it gets into the octagon. Or when it gets into the, to the arena with you know with all the safe stuff with all the doctors with the fight itself with the referee with the judges that's when it's a sport, but before that, it's entertainment. The matchmaking is made via entertainment. Okay, you can earn your way to the top and everything, and I, you know it, it has little bits of it, but it is entertainment as well. Like they're going to give a more exciting guy more opportunities, and they're going you know guys who are not as excited are going to get caught or not going to get to the title as quickly we, look I spoke about Johnny Hendricks earlier when a lot of people Simon's a boring wrestler even though and but then he started knocking guys out and he got there like it, you know it happens it happens an awful lot and personally I don't personally. mind that I, I like to see I like to see an exciting sport I, li- I like it that way it's okay it, it has the sporting aspect as well but it also brings in what's best for business 
Oh, here, Triple H, cut your shit here so we can talk about Norman <laughs> Park getting released. Yeah, fuck it, it's... What did you tell I Like, personally, for me, when you're in a one-fight losing streak, okay, I know he lost three out of his last four, but he won't... He beat Reza Madadi two fights ago. We'll take this opportunity, was... Sean, just yeah. very quickly. Severe MMA is on Snapchat, because I'm actually recording myself right now here for the oh. Snapchat story. Podcast discussion going on live here. There's Sean Sheehan in the background. That's the crack. Oh, you can't see me. Yeah, you can't hear you either. Um, just, you know, that's a nice wee, nice wee segue. Um, I think it's a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe there's a hint of bias in my in my voice. And I, and I saw a lot of people saying it, though. I saw Conor Rebush saying it there that it was a bit unfair that Bart got, 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 got like, caught I'm, I, I just think now... One of my mainstays in terms of analysis on this podcast, i.e. Norman Park being good enough to fight in the UFC for his entire career, is now gone. gone. I can't rely on that. I can't just fall back on a little throwaway remark like that anymore. It's just, I'm, I'm more upset over that than anything. I do think in an alternate universe, and this is something that I've been speaking about with a lot of people during the week. What was Norman's record again? Five, three, and one. Five, three, and one, yeah. So nine fights in the UFC. There is a fair world, or there is a parallel universe somewhere where Norman Park went eight and one in the UFC. Exactly. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's where I think this cut is the harshest thing possible. Yeah. The UFC, fair enough. You could also argue Norman hasn't got a single finish in the UFC, as far as I oh, know. He has won. He has won against Katani yeah. at UFC Dublin. But aside from that, one finish in nine fights. If we're talking about a generic. US bit let's take this out of an Irish context here if we're talking about like a generic US fighter do you know what I mean that we have yeah. no real attachment to and you say got cut the other day 5-3-1 hasn't finished anyone he's only finished one guy in nine fights you'd be like yeah okay fair enough cut him you'd yeah, be like yeah. yeah that's fair enough the sport's moving away from this but if, if it is true about an EMEA date that's going to be quarter two 2016 then Norman Park needs to have been kept around um, oh, you're about to take a big in, in, intake of breath there, Sean. Are you all no, right? No, okay. My thing on this is when, when this got, when I put up the article about this because we rang him up and kind of confirmed it with him because it was April Fools and people, you know, didn't know. Yeah. <coughs> what an awful day to post it on Facebook, yeah, Norman, the, as well. Jesus. Well, they probably announced it. It was an awful day to tell him. But no, his birthday would have been worse. Yeah, it would have been. But there was there was an awful lot of negativity towards Norman, which I hadn't seen before, and it was, you know, it was odd. Usually, when guys like you know get caught like that, there's you know, a lot of kind of positivity. You'll be back, or sorry to hear that, or whatever. But it, it was weird, and a lot of people calling him boring. So, like I, ne- I know he's gotten to a lot of decisions, but I just personally, and I could be wrong. Like if you're listening to this and you do scream, me fair enough. I never thought he was that boring of a fighter, to be honest. Okay, he went to a lot of decisions, but you're in the lightweight division. He's fighting tough guys. I never thought he was that boring of a decision. And, it was and never. Said, he was never a boring fight. I don't. Yeah. Think. No, not really. The T Bow fight maybe was the only one. John but Tuck, like, I would say, maybe being his only boring fight. Yeah. But if you look back, as you said, at his losses though, the draw, even Leandro Santos, arguably he should have won that fight. Still, that you got a point take and look, I. Uh, it was a borderline kind of one. Gless and Tebow beat him, but afterwards failed drug tests what, one fight later or something. Francisco Trinaldo absolutely robbed. That was a clear robbery 
in that fight and Hussam Rusem Habalov another you know went to the decision the Habalov fight I think fight. is the only fight that Norman genuinely lost in the UFC yeah yeah. well er, he lost the Tebow fight as well but I, I think the Tebow fight in another place with three other judges or interpreted by three other different people then Norman gets a split decision or Norman Norman steals a win I don't know about that I'd the, need the, to watch the, it the back Trinaldo one, yeah, the Trinaldo one definitely was absolutely robbed if, he, if he'd won that you're looking at two losses in what what was it nine fights yeah and, you know and he was that was a that was a genuine robbery like beat you know I beat my daddy in a, in a good fight I, like, I think it's very harsh like Norman when he came to the UFC you know he won the tough and we thought he'd kick on maybe in a bit. He, he hasn't really kicked on maybe to get towards when we were talking about him being like a top 15 fighter and he, he didn't reach that. And maybe What about know, the UFC and the fact that he's a tough winner? The UFC normally yeah. keep those guys around for a lot longer. It's an odd one. I, I don't know. But, or you know, as let's I said, speculate. As well, let's speculate. Go on. Him and Mike Wilkinson both cut this week. Yeah, it, Do we know Norman Park would have been on a tough contract? Which is a 10-fight contract, isn't it? I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure. Someone told me, I think it's a 10-fight contract. Maybe okay. that's absolutely ludicrous, but... No, I don't think so. If maybe Norman Park was coming towards a renegotiation period with the UFC, and it was yeah. just like, nah, to be honest, Norman, we're not going to keep you on after this, or he was looking for too much money, or it could have been something like that, it could have been anything. I don't, I, I don't think Norman Park's the guy to stick over money. I think he'd rather stay in the UFC and fight for free than... Uh, and get paid badly or uh, look for more I, I think the biggest thing here is if Norman Park was a middleweight I don't think he'd be getting cut right now or if he was a light heavyweight I don't think he'd be getting cut it's because lightweight it's, if you're a lightweight or a welterweight and you drop a couple of fights you know you're you're in trouble because it, those divisions are so many people that's why I always said there should be a light welterweight division like Norman Park would fight in light welterweight like you know that's why because there's so many people in those divisions they're hard to keep going like and when you have a guy maybe that's career is I'm not not stalled a little bit but he hasn't shown big improvements and his last said three of his last four as Norman has on paper you know it's going to be risky personally like if Norman comes on to the local scene I think he beats you know he's going to beat most guys that are around here and I wouldn't be surprised I think, in years time. I think there's only one guy in Ireland that gives Norman Park a hard fight, and it's Paul Redmond. And I think both of them are probably on different paths that they're going to get picked up again by bigger organisations so that there's no need for them to fight domestically in Ireland. Norman Park would wipe the floor with every pro lightweight in the country. I think Norman Park would be a good pick-up for Bellator as well. Well, this is what I was thinking. I, I put up something like that last week on Twitter. The one thing I would say about Norman is that he definitely needs someone, don't want to say to control his social media, but maybe to advise them on what he shouldn't. Sh- similar to what you and Graham do with me. And he, uh, he put up on Twitter, at Sugar Ray Sefo. Hi Ray, could you PM me? <laughs> it's like, that's not how you conduct your business. Yeah. I, I just don't think. And World Series of Fighting, don't go there. Bellator... As you said, Bellator built up their UK stars nicely. They're culminating that in a UK show this year. Um, also, shout out to Nick Lentz for one of the most stupidest tweets in history. Yeah. Disrespectful. That See, the day, the day Nick Lentz gets cut, I'm going back and retweeting that. Mm-hmm. Because 
bad form kicking a man when you're, de- especially in a sport yeah. where a lot of these guys are making a livelihood off this. For Nick Lentz to make joke about someone losing their income is just absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, well, like, it was and it's just him. It's, it's typical Nick Lentz just trying to get himself out there by saying something controversial and funny, riding off I don't know McGregor's coattails or something like that. So. Embarrassment, absolute embarrassment. Hopefully, he was taken aside by his team and said, "Look, cop yourself on." Anyway, no, and Bellator, they're building their UK scene. Why not build their Irish scene? Do you know what I mean? If Bam are able to put as many people into the three arena as they can do, we're at an interesting stage in mixed martial arts in the country here, where the casual fans who used to be just UFC fans are now more aware of other promotions in Europe and Ireland. They're more aware of fighters like Reese McKee of uh, James Gallagher, of Dylan Took, of all of those type of guys. Why, like, now that the, we're at a, a saturation point of interest from the public point of view, why don't Bellator capitalise on this? Why don't Bellator pick up Norman Park? Why don't they just go out, pick up James Gallagher, Dylan Took, Decky Dalton, Reese McKee, do you know, those guys. Put on a card in Dublin. Put it on in Belfast. Put it on in the three arena again. You'd sell out the full arena, 100%. Yeah, definitely. All right, speaking of Irish MMA, battles on the weekend. You were there. Battles on. Some of the fights. Some good interviews coming out of that. Thank you. Big, big win for Kiefer Crosby. In not, the, from, not from us, anyway. In the... Uh, no, no, none from you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big win for Kiefer Crosby with a kick to the body. A teep. A I, if, if I'm guessing, if I'm guessing, right, and I'm not Keith McCabe's body, I think his lower, his bottom rib, his... Uh, maybe even this... There's a floating rib as well, isn't there? I have no idea. Either way, it was a teep to the rib and it just buckled him. Lovely accuracy from Kiefer. This is definitely uh, the win that he's needed. Do you know what I mean? He's. I didn't see the first fight actually. How did that go between the. the, the they fought an amateur, didn't they? Yeah. They fought an amateur before, and Kiefer probably landed the most strikes I've seen in an amateur fight in one round. Like, unanswered in terms of like the other guy throwing nothing back. Kiefer emptied him in the first round and got tapped in the second. Which yeah. is like that was that was a poor loss to drop, but he's learned from it. And all of the like fair enough, the SPG loss of always learning to either win or to learn. Kiefer is someone who's put that in action and put it as in a proper example. That he, fight as well with with AO Daly, remember it at um Oh yeah Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors. That, was, that was a great fight as well. He did the same that he kind of landed a lot of strikes in the first and got tapped in the second again. Now we're seeing a different Kiefer Crosby, yeah. more focused maybe, um, more dedicated. I think you're going to see it, especially from the guys, I don't want to say that are in Connor's inner circle, but I, I can't imagine that Connor's like bringing too many amateurs from the SBG team all around the world. Do you know what I mean? Kiefer's been someone that's trained with Connor for a couple of years. He's seeing Connor's success firsthand. He's behind the scenes. He's getting to see how Connor's living. I think that's a massive motivation boost for any, any fighter in that position. Do you know that they're seeing what their teammate is achieving directly in front of them? And it's all happening. All of the work that they've done is happening inside the same walls under the same guidance of a person that has gotten them this far as well. So why can't they go the same way and emulate Connor in that way? He seems to have a very good attitude too. Like this not your interview with him afterwards. He seems to, you know, have his head in his shoulders and be working hard. That's, that, you know, that's what you, what you kind of need as well. What about the rest of the card? Anyone else stand um, out to you? What I think about the spice bag? The spice bag from Redzer. Bit mm-hmm. of a well, like I've been caught in the spice bag before. Have you? Yeah, it's it's a common enough move in in Team Taras. Explain that to me now. It's, Explain it because it was hard to see. If it in the video. is what I think it is, it's a reverse Kimura. It's just yeah, it, like I get done in it from a one arm Kimura from the back. This brown belt that trends with us, Eddie. Um, 
I'll I'll send you a video of it during the week okay. and I'll explain it to you of, of what the, it is on the on severe, the severe Facebook page. Yes. Oh, Severe May Podcast Facebook page. Yes. Yes, I will. I'll upload it directly to that and okay. um, explaining what it is. It's a uh, it was a it was a grappling match, so I'm not going to take anything from it. I know Reds is good. I know Keith Cavan is good. Fair play to Keith for jumping up and fucking and even taking that fight. I definitely would not have been looking to you, step in the, you're in the, the ring next with Redzer. Redzer. Come on, this is. A, I was the last man to face Redzer. I've uh, I've grappled with Redzer before, and he toe holded yeah. me into oblivion, and it's not oh, something that. that I want to really do again in the future. Yeah. The um. Take down, was unreal, wasn't it? Oh, just ruckus, just straight out. Come on, the f- up the fuck, up them stairs, oh, down onto the ground. Galek. Yep. Uh, I there was a couple of good fights at the card. Alex Brophy again, very much impressed. Really looking forward to seeing his progression as an as a flyweight amateur flyweight in the country. Talking about maybe uh, getting onto the Ireland team for the IMAF World Championships in Vegas. That will be sweet. Um, uh, Eric Nolan got a win over Lee Hammond. He, uh, from what we were told, that was a qualifier. So I think Eric Nolan is on the Irish team for the IMMAF, uh, the championships in Las Vegas. So there's one place gone. Um, I wouldn't take too much discouragement from that from Lee Hammond because I definitely think he is going to be one of the biggest stars this country has produced. I think he has the right mindset. His jiu-jitsu is already at a level that I don't want to say far supersedes any amateur in the country because he couldn't finish uh, Eric Nolan at the weekend. He had him in two good submission positions. But it was after getting uh, getting hit. It's what I imagine would look a lot like if I fought an MMA. You know, a jiu-jitsu guy getting hit maybe and not getting used to it at the start. Where Lee looks very good offensively with his strikes and some of the stuff he's able to throw. One or two shots can maybe kind... He, I think he needs to get used to uh, being in the wars, being in the trenches and being used to getting hit, biting down in the gum shield, digging back. But aside from that, a very well-run event. Battle Zone lads, uh, first ever IAPA sanctioned event. Um, I witnessed it I witnessed it firsthand. All of the fighters were brought up to a room backstage, um, a doctor room that we were using for interviews before we got gay crashed by all the, the corner men and stuff like that. They were coming oh, up to the fighters. Them. Oh, stop. Selfish prick. Selfish. Complete <laughs> selfish. Um, but obviously that was okay. All of the guys were being uh, brought up for medicals there. We were getting to see it firsthand. Then they just hop in with a quick interview for us. And then we'd uh, let them about their business. So, again, Battlezone. And they brought, they brought the numbers as well. Do you know what I mean? Battlezone brought the numbers there. And if you want to see anything related to Battlezone Fighting Championships, head on over to YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Severe Art. We uh, interviewed every MMA fighter on the card. We recorded every fight. We uploaded it. We had it up. As always, Sean, what am I, what, what's my finger doing? Number one. Yeah. First, one, yeah. quickest. Oh, now, speed doesn't like speed doesn't normally impress females, but if they like mixed martial arts content, then they love severe MMA because mm. quickest, uh, <laughs> quickest up, quickest out of the house. <laughs> you know where I'm going with that, Sean. It was just a little joke, uh, just a wee play joke. Oh, okay. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, you didn't get it there for a while. Uh, I was worried. I was thinking this is going mm. down like a lead balloon. Mm. Um, nice. I tell you what. The one thing I will admit, right? G- Graham is normally wrong in everything that he says. Yeah, okay, definitely. and we we can both agree on that. But is useless. Go on. When Graham went and bought that microphone and told me how expensive it was, I was like, "You are an absolute so and so." But for example, Kiefer Crosby interview. We were in a very busy room. Siri had his top off. He was getting an ECG for the UFC. Couple of people floating around, making noise, laughing. Everyone laughing when Kiefer Crosby. Uh, Made fun of my shirt. 
uh, different things. F- for all we know, Peter Carroll was sitting in a corner with a pen writing down the questions that I was asking Kiefer so he could ask him that for his yeah, little oh, feature afterwards. Because yeah. I'm on to you, Peter Carroll. I know exactly what you to be at. Dave Fogarty was taking beautiful pictures. Dave Fogarty was taking pictures of me working away. All was well. There was noise in the venue. But in the interview, you couldn't tell that because because uh, of the microphone. So an official apology to Graham from Severe MMA. He, he 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 made the right call with buying mm. that equipment because you think it was just the two of us in the room. So fair play to him. Very good. Right, two quick anyway, things before we get to the to the two quick things uh, before I questions. let you go. What did you think of the um, Polaris? Is that what it's called? What's Polaris. Shit, wasn't it? What? Did you watch it? Crap. Did you no, order it? No, Why the I have. Could I watch it? It was all draws. There was no finish. What's the problem with draws, Sean? It's the equivalent of a mixed martial arts fight going 15 minutes, only there's just no judges to score it differently. But you can't have a... Yeah, it's fine for jiu-jitsu people who like No, that. no, but like when you match up two elite grapplers, fair enough, there may not be a submission, yeah. but the format that they're producing allows them to have a, a more exciting... Uh, a more exciting... It, it, Submission-wise. If, if you don't get a finish, like, it's no good without finishes. Well... It, it's, it, okay, it's the, it's the exact maybe, same enough. as... Uh, a three round fight going to a draw to the yeah. judges yeah, is it though yes it's you know, exactly the same because there's no winner if if, if, if Polaris if Polaris well there's no winner outside of a judge if Polaris got three judges for their next fight would that make you happier and if well, every fight went to a time limit decision then we could pick a winner through scorecards I don't mind like I'd, I'd watch that I'd watch you too but you're the one who's always talking about it being a a spectator sport and everything. In fairness, I have only ever said that jiu-jitsu will appeal to the masses when you've got a, a certain type of rule set that pits like Gary Tonin against the 10th planned purple belt. That's, that's the problem. That's, that, that's basically you admitting that high-level jiu-jitsu is crap. No, it's not at all. It is. Because I think it's entertaining to watch and the jiu-jitsu community <laughs> think it's entertaining to watch. I'm When we were talking about this, I was talking about how you could possibly put it on for a television audience. I said, that's the only way that you're going to get it. Polaris probably knocked it out of the park with their streams. It seemed to be very well received in terms of the feedback it was getting from the jiu-jitsu community. I know a couple of people were uh, getting annoyed at the camera angles because they had an overhead angle. Seems like maybe they've taken that on board or it was just the venue that they were in configuration wise but in terms of like the matches were exciting so I don't I, you're, you're already after admitting that you haven't watched them because they all went to a draw but why it, can't look, something be exciting just because it goes we to a draw Jake we Shields slapped the shit out of AJ Azagar that was good in fairness that was good if we were look if we weren't allowed to fucking talk about stuff we haven't seen we wouldn't be able to do a podcast anyway <laughs> yeah well that's very true because <laughs> I haven't seen most prelims in UFC history let alone the ones uh, that we pretend to talk about that was the best part of it though, even though I didn't see any of it but the, the interview with Jake Shields <laughs> afterwards that was fucking brilliant oh no he, he fair Fairly, he did fairly like I've said for a long time I don't like AJ Azagarm. I think he's an absolute such and such he he's very smug and he should like he's so smug for that and it's like you admitted that a draw is a victory for you why didn't you try finish someone do you know what I mean he's a jiu-jitsu player like oh no he is a jiu-jitsu player so oh, for, yeah, you know, you think he'd have a bit of an advantage over Jake Shields. I know he's good, like, but he's, you know, he's fighting MMA. A lot of Infinitely time. smaller though. He's he's quite smaller oh, see, than oh, Shields. Okay, yeah. sorry. Fair I look uh, when I was I look jujitsu thing about it is it's great for jujitsu people and stuff, and I'm sure it was a good show. I'm I'm take, I'm only joking, kind of taking a piece out of you, but yeah, it's a pity. I wish they could do it some better. I don't think Polaris are for okay. One one final thing, and I'll let you make your point. I don't think Polaris are overtly 
worried about trying to break into the mainstream yeah, and get enough. people watching jiu-jitsu. They've but got a specific... The, like The fact that they had so many people in that arena is a testament to the card that they put together. Do you know what I mean? They had a very, very full arena for that. They had people travelling. People from Ireland went over to support Dar O'Connell on the card. There is an interest for live jiu-jitsu from the jiu-jitsu community and to be watched online by the jiu-jitsu community. Eddie Bravo Invitational on Fight Pass, yeah, that could break down a couple of barriers in terms of getting casual people into watching grappling and submission grappling and fun rule sets. But for taking it what it is, the Polaris product for the jiu-jitsu community was a massive success. If they're doing it, though... There should be fire, I agree. I agree, fire is what they need. In a real world, in in a perfect world, every fight should have no time limit. But I know you can't do that because it's going all day. Have the main event. If you've torn on against Paul Harris, have that no time limit. Submission only. There you go. That's that's how you do it. Like I'd watch that if I don't like I'd have no problems. Would you spend sixty minutes? Yeah. Fair play to you. I would laugh. I'm I'd sit down for five days and watch a cricket match, like. I I think it'd be better. If if I knew there was it was going to end in a submission, I'd watch it. I think it'd be better. Like when you just think it's going to the draw, like what's the point? No, fair enough. I can see where you're coming from, but I see where I'm coming from as well. Like yeah, the Darrow Connell, the Darrow Connell match, for example, right? Darrow uh, Pulgard, even though his plan was to try take down, and he said he saw an opening that led him to believe he was going to be able to sweep from there. Satava passed pretty quickly, was able to put pressure on and control on top for a while. Then Darrow was able to get to his feet, go for a pass, get him down, uh, went for a leg lock. Time went out, like not like he was about to finish or anything, but Ugh. under a different, uh, like it goes to show that Dara's level himself yeah. is a very good level because John Satava is probably, I don't want to say Marcelo's one of Marcelo's best students, but he's definitely uh, the one that people talk about the most because they say like, oh, you're the most like Marcelo. He's out of all of Marcelo's students, he's the one that actually fights and competes the most like Marcelo Garcia as well. So. I don't what know. Do? But do, do you know do there's much like cooler. That? There's sorry, Sean. There's what? much cooler Marcelo Garcia students. Uh, Mansher Cara, Pizzi Carroll's best friend. He's been over here in Ireland doing a couple of seminars. I've trained with him before. Met him at the Euros again. He's a fucking legend. Dylan Dennis is probably the most exciting. Like Dylan Dennis will make any jiu-jitsu card exciting. That's the man you need to go look up. Here's an idea for a jiu-jitsu tournament, right? Okay. Or not a tournament card. Record it, but don't have it live, right? And make a show. Make like an hour and a half long show. And show the fu- make them all no time limit, right? And then having like an hour and a half long show and show like the best bits from it. Like take out all the big, you were just like sitting in half gardens off and just like show the best bits from it. And then like show the last five minutes where the where the finish comes and stuff like that. Make it make a little show of it. And then if if you want to release it on DVD or something, and then show the whole, give them the whole matches as well and like the extras or whatever. Not sure about that because jiu-jitsu people like jiu-jitsu so they just don't want to see the exciting highlights. Yeah, but they can see both. They can see both but you could have a nice produced <laughs> I, I show. I think what you're doing would, a, would appeal well for the, the general masses. That's so, Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. We'll file that under maybe. Okay. Right. Card this weekend. There's a much happening. Francis there's a card this weekend? Yeah. Been, uh, Derek Lewis against Gabriel Gonzaga. Who are you picking that one? Lewis? Yeah, me too. That was the crickets going in the background, Sean. Mount. Okay, Rotwell against Dos Santos. Um, ben Rothwell. I'm going with Dos Santos. Patrick, Patrick was doing my uh, preview there. He was reading it out for me. I'm just, it. I'm just thinking... And he told me I was an idiot. He said, Ben Rothwell's going to win. Like, I just think that 
something happened. Like part of Junior DeSantos has died. Do you know from the beatings yeah. that Cain Velasquez has given him over the years? Definitely, hundred percent. So I, I like normally, if you ask me this in two thousand and thirteen, you said, "Yo, Andrew, Ben Rothwell's fighting Junior DeSantos." I'd be like, "Junior DeSantos is sending him to the hospital." Today, th- this time around, I think it could be a little bit different. Why well, I'm picking DeSantos, right? Is Rothwell's a very slow starter, and DeSantos is a very fast starter. So this, and I think DeSantos has the power still to knock anybody out in the world. I know Rothwell has an unbelievable chin. But if Dosanios hits him with one or two big shots, he like there's no one can stand up to him. And Rotwell does get hit a lot. Like he's he's not a you know he's a good striker, but he's not a very good defensive he's striker. He eats a lot of shots. He relies on his chin. So relying on your chin against Junior Dos Santos is not a good way to go. Nine to two Junior Dos Santos is to win first round knockout. Get the money on it. Put some money on that. Uh, other Marine Moroz is on that card as well. Nicholas Stalby is back in Zach Cummins. Maverick Tyson of Ian Intwistle is on it. Robert Whiteford. So it should be good. And my bias, as I said earlier, Francis Ngannou, that big monster of a heavyweight is fighting. So I can't wait for that. Your boy. My boy. Question time. Time for oh, questions. Is it already? It is. I better load up, up. the uh, severe. While Andrew's man. pulling up the questions, please head on over to rationnutrition.com. Buy some other beautiful nutritional products for your protein, your pre-workout and all that lovely stuff. Use the promo code SEVEREMMA to get 25% off your first order. Thank you to do that. Please follow at Sean Sheehan BA on Twitter. Please follow at SEVEREMMA. Please follow at SEVEREMMA pod. And please follow at Andrew McGahan underscore. Beautiful. Also, also on Facebook, follow facebook.com forward slash Sean Sheehan MMA. Follow Facebook.com forward slash severe MMA and follow Facebook.com forward slash severe MMA pod before your MMA needs. Before we get on to the questions, yes. two shout outs. Go on. Right. Maybe biased, maybe whatever. Patrick McAllister and Una Quinn from Team Torres. Um, Pat trains up in FAI in Belfast as well. He does jujitsu at Sebastian. He, um, he got gold in the Nogi European Championships this weekend in Rome. Didn't concede a single point. Didn't uh, concede a single advantage. Dominated everybody. Old school MMA fans will know the name Pat McAllister. He was meant to fight Paul Redmond at Battlezone 5 a couple of years ago at Amateur. Um, fought quite a lot of guys. Brilliant grappler. Like I've seen the work he puts in, so absolute shout out. Pat is the man. Um, and Una Quinn, double gold from Team Torres in the gi at the Rome Open the day before. She got gold in her division and gold in the openweight division as well. Um I don't think she had a single point conceded on her over the day as well. Nice. So shout out to the Andrew, homies. Let me think. There was a couple of other. Uh, Richard Bukowskin from East Coast got gold as well in the gi on the Friday. Um, who was it? Uh, Hugo Barim, this Brazilian guy who's living in Dublin now. He got gold in the black belt division. Someone from Hill and Gracie, Northern Ireland, got gold in the brown belt division or silver in the brown belt division. I'm not too sure what. And Tom Halpin from Limerick. Limerick's own Tom oh. Halpin. Brown in the adult, uh, gold in the brown belt adult division as well. I think nice. it was featherweight or light featherweight. So, shout out. There was probably more. Congratulations, Irish Jiu Jitsu on the rise as always. Now, questions, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. Start from the top before we get to the bottom. Oh, well, no, because Mr. Podge, if Mr. Podge doesn't have the first question, he does, yeah. Does he? he Shocker. Great man. <laughs> The friend of the podcast, the best friend of the podcast. I think at this stage yeah. now, yeah, the, the yeah. goat of the podcast. Goat, yeah. So I'll throw a couple of his out at you, Sean. Silva saying he would fight Connor at one seventy. I'd watch it. 
I'd watch it. I would watch the shit out of it too. But his question is, would making 170 now at this stage in his career prove he was on steroids for the whole time? No. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not sure he could make 170 on on another point. Maybe he he could. I think he's a lean enough kind of guy. In terms of of questions that maybe make you think twice about the meaning, Mr. Podge has another one as well. How long can John Jones keep his nose clean this time around? (laughs) Pardon the pun. Jesus, hopefully. He got a driver anyway, so that'll help him. So, I, I, I think once he keeps that driver, I think he should be okay. Finally. Two quick things here from Mr. Podge. I know you had about 12 questions, but uh, we need to be fair to the other yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, if Frankie wins the interim belt, mm-hmm. should he immediately try make 135 and attempt to be the first to be a champ in three divisions? No. Jesus, imagine that. And you have two, you have two 145 champions. One of them's fighting 170, one of them's fighting 135. <laughs> and any odds on the winner of Aldo versus Edgar trying to get the Desanyo's fight in an attempt to beat Connor to be the first to hold two belts simultaneously? That'd be funny, wouldn't it? That's what they should do. The boys yeah. need to do that. If you're on about legacy, that's your way to do it. Um, and you could set that up. And then oh, finally, fight. finally, he had another good one. It's kind of a counter thing to what's going on at the minute. Are the Invictor featherweights complaining that Cyborg is now holding up the division? <laughs> or are they happy just not to get beat up for a while? <laughs> I like that. It's great to see Cyborg not fighting. We talked about her last week. Didn't yes, we, we did. Right, the Irish Cairn. Cairn would like to know, is this the last time we're going to see McGregor fight in Vegas since Madison Square Garden is available? No. No, definitely not. Vegas Apparently, is Madison the capital of the world. It's not just going to disappear. Like. And Madison Square Garden is going to be a flash in the pan. You're going to see the first two events being massive and then probably go lower and lower because isn't there a pretty big tax stuff in place that they yeah, pass in the assembly? Also, the venue isn't great atmospherically, I've been told. I think there could be a lot of good big fights in the, you know, the Barclays Arena, Barclay, whatever it's called, the, where the Brooklyn Nets play. Ah. That's a huge. So you could see big cards being on there. Um, Podrick Martin, although we kind of covered it, not as much in depth. Thoughts on Jake Shields and AJ Azagarm's aftermath at Polaris? Brilliant. Very good. There you go. Um, who's Pinky and who's the brain from John Lewis? <sighs> we let you decide that. You can decide that. One, yeah. Tygo Donovan, Tygy85 wants to know, where's Dana White getting all these interim belts? From Kinder <laughs> Eggs or collecting 12 tokens from the back of a cornflake boxes for them. Fairy tales, man. Fairy tales. Oh, brilliant. And he also wants to know, are events like Battlezone 15 better attended and getting more attention than compared to three or four years ago? Well, I can guarantee you one thing. We were still at them three or four years ago, Tig, so nothing's really changed in terms of good media content coming out for them. But in terms of the crowd, yeah, Battlezone had had big numbers before. They, did, they always drew a big crowd in Dublin. It's the other shows that are seeming to, to fall by the wayside in terms of getting people into them. Like Ryushin Fighting Championships and Lucan is one in particular that has, I think they had maybe 70 people, someone told me at their last show, which isn't good at all. Uh, Battlezone at their last event absolutely packed the place out at the weekend. And that was good. The, the problem is though, it's in a GA hall. They know, like, they couldn't get the... Re- I don't know if they couldn't get the Regency or they chose not uh, to get the Regency. But, um, fair enough. But, you see, there's no generator in this community sports hall. So, uh, you can't really get the light and stuff. And the one thing that I would say is, like, it can be detrimental for a pro fighter. You know, your early stages of your career, you're trying to get a wee highlight reel together. And, yeah. oh, oh, there we go. He's fighting in an arena in Bama one stage. Next highlight, you're fighting in a GA hall. 
That's the only thing. That's my only only issue with it. I love it. I love the grassroots feel. I love guys walking out in a GA hall. I love them fighting there as well because the atmosphere that it goes to. But for some guys maybe that are thinking highlight real material or future career opportunities, maybe it could take them a couple of fights longer to get picked up and noticed if all of the tape that's on them at the internet is fighting in events like that. Maybe. <sighs> anyway, between now and UFC 200 from Will Martin MMA, what are the three matches you're looking forward to watching the most? Let me go on to UFC.com. Okay, I suppose the first one before we even... John Jones. About it. No, not John Jones, though, SP. I'm not looking forward to that. Tony Ferguson against uh, Normie, Nurmagomedov. Uh, let me see. You know, it'd be a good fight. Rose Nami Yunus against Tisha Torres. Looking forward to that. My computer's after freezing. Pettis against Barbosa. Or just go to Jackson's and ask, can you watch Pettis spar Cerrone? Exactly. Yeah. That would do as well. Let me see what other ones there are. No, you've named three. Just some good fights. There you go. They're my three. Corey. No, no. Hold on. Let me take it back. I take it back. I take it back. He's taking it back. Look, in case you're not clear, he's taking this back. I'm taking away Nami Yunus and I'm putting in. Thomas Almeida against Cody Garbrandt. Mm. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie on that. Um, Corey J. Tootle. OSP has the longest reach, 80 inches, of any of Jones's previous opponents, including Alexander Gustafsson. Do you think this will play anything into the fight? No. Okay. <laughs> I freaks underscore Paul, whatever your last name is, Paul. For Andrew... What do you think of the fights at Battles on 15? Any standout performances? I said it earlier on there. Alex Brophy was very good. Uh, Eric Nolan was very good. Will Flurry with a very good pro debut as well. Um, and Richie Smullen, a guy who maybe I haven't seen fight as much because he's just... He, he kind of alluded to the fact that it was his own maybe mucking around. Uh, I don't think anyone in Ireland will be too quick to go to the ground with Richie Smullen. He has absolutely devastating leg locks. Brilliant footlocks, finished with a knee bar at the weekend. Just as soon as it hit the ground, even despite being rocked, as soon as it hit the ground, he was cool as ice. Inverted up onto his shoulder, got underneath, held onto the leg, finished the knee bar. Very good performance from him. I definitely I'll take this like take this notice. There's an Irish MMA show this weekend in the National Boxing Arena in Dublin. It's called TEF. If you looked them up on Facebook, Severe MMA will be there. But uh get out, support local Irish MMA. There's a couple of good pro fights in this card as well, so Definitely, uh, definitely one to watch out for. Uh, Sean, will Johnny Jitsu re-retire after Saturday night, or was it just K's rust? Will he dust himself down and move on to another one? I saw him post on Facebook saying he'll he'll be moving on to another one. I think so. I think he took this loss pretty pretty well, to be honest. It was, you know, it was <coughs> Will Flurry did very well. I watched the fight. It's up on uh, severe on the severe man Facebook page. Severe art. Um, and he just, he kind of just, look, he got caught in a submission, fair enough. I think, you know, he's been around the block now long enough to to know what's what. And he, he'd probably be back again, you know. You know, he's, you know, he's guy, you know, you need guys like him as well. And, and you know, the scene like this. I think, to be honest, if I'm saying one thing about John Redmond, I think that his actual ability does not translate into his fights in the cage. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But at the weekend, having grappled John Redmond before and seen him grappling fights before, it makes no sense to me why he didn't try to defend the head and arm joke. 
why he tried a complete alien escape. He didn't put his hand up to defend. He didn't try and move out of it in any way, shape or form. He just pushed away from it and let the choke go on slightly yeah. longer. So for me, that, like, obviously, don't fight, no experience, can't be really saying, you should have done this, you should have done that. But I've seen him do much more advanced jiu-jitsu in mixed martial arts fights. Yeah, so maybe it was just... Dryer's fights and stuff and he's come, you know, he's come through other things like that. Maybe Sometimes it's just, the, just the occasion. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah the occasion. What about what about Neil Series uh, video blog though? The best thing that I've ever seen in my life. Oh, if you've never brilliant. seen it, go on to Neil Series Facebook page. His uh, his his vlog is an absolute brilliant. His thing. nutrition for that fight is fucking chanchy and type nutrition. Top, top level, top level. Neil, Neil Ryan sixty eight though. How big of a star do you expect Joanna and Jacek to become? And will tough help her? Nobody watched tough, so no. But she, she, I think she's. I I think. He said, I think with the right push, she could be huge. Hardcore fans obviously love her, but how mainstream could she become outside yes. of Europe and with diehard MMA fans? That's the thing, you see. That's Did you the see thing. the video of her training elbows this morning? Yeah. Like, oh, no, Jesus. Not I saw her the other day. It was, was it the other day, was it? Yeah. Had someone up against the wall and yeah, was that just was it, training yeah. elbows with her. I was like, poor Claudia Gadella. Yeah. Like, that is going to be an absolute... Like, if she lands any of those elbows, the fight's over. Like, I think I think AJ Trick is always going to be a hardcore kind of fan's favourite. I don't think, you know, I I think for a WMA fighter to translate, you know, American is a, is a big thing and I, I like kind of, I think I like kind of the American good girl or the American bad girl or whatever you want, you know, in America to translate to be a big star. You know, it's different. Obviously, Joanna you know, got a great of, reception in December or in, yeah. uh, in March. Fan, the fans love her like, but mainstream it's going to be tough like it's different if you're Conor McGregor you know there's a lot of Irish people there you know like Benny Pacquiao there's a lot of uh, Filipinos in in America and stuff it's, I know there's a lot of Polish people as well but it's well you know. KSW pretty big yeah. promotion they got a good number in London oh well, oh, well she could be a good big star in Europe and stuff but it, to bring into the main, to get into the mainstream you need America like and I'm not sure if she can do it in America like she has the talent she has the personality she has everything but do you know what know, you do? Sure. Maybe. Capitalize on her. If you want to make Joanna a star, you sacrifice the one that you're making at the minute on Dancing with the Stars, Paige Van Zandt versus Joanna Jacek. Yeah. The world tunes in to see this dancer and then you're you're greeted with Joanna. Do you see Paige's uh She's some dance. dancer. She's very good. I, I enjoy She's it. She's gonna win it. Us, uh, yeah, hopefully, I hope she does. She's gonna win it outright. Um Next question, Callum Divin, acquaintance of the podcast. We have spoke about the interim belt situation. Rewind the podcast a little bit, or we've already covered it if you're still listening. Um, Fairy tales. What? Fairy tales. Fairy tales, yeah. Uh, Ronan One Duffy, friend of the podcast, wants to know, after Cyborg wins by murder, who do you think she will be, or do you think she'll be one of the women's fight at UFC 200, and against who? I, I said Katzingana, but I think Katzingana has another fight now, so maybe not her. Um, I do think she'll be on UFC 200, though. Against two, I'm not sure. Undecided so far. Uh, Daniel Garrity wants to know, have you seen Batman vs. Superman yet? Any thoughts? No, I haven't. I haven't I seen haven't. it either, and I heard it's absolutely crap, so I won't be going. Yeah, I watched Deadpool again last night. Just watch that and said best film Just ever. watch that again, yeah. Good, good thing. He also said, how did we forget, Sean? Mm-hmm. Also, Shane O'Mac from the top of the cell. Yes. My <sighs> God. 
people people are complaining about that. Oh, these two old guys. I thought it was an unbelievable match. That was brilliant. Probably the best, best Undertaker matches that I've seen in a long yeah, time. In like, years. Yeah. yeah. No. Like he definitely he had one last match in him. Like, and if that was it, maybe fair play to him. But up until yeah. then, like that was an absolutely brilliant match. That's exactly why Shane Mack is my favorite wrestler as well. What like what legend? Do you remember what, a what of years sort of forty-year-old, <clears throat> forty-something-year-old, multi-multi-millionaire jumps, puts his life at risk by going off the top of the cell like that? Yeah. Zero, none yeah. of them. What other golf executives would be doing that now? <laughs> none. None. Uh, it was just brilliant, and he did a coast to coast as well, and he got about three quarters of the way across the the octagon. Or the, the I thought his coast to coast this time was better than his coast to coast the last time. On, on first look, it actually I didn't think it was good, but on second look, you're right. Actually, it, it looked good. He only caught it kind of one leg, though. So yeah, it was, it was like one foot into the yeah. bin. He didn't commit to it. I think. No, uh, I think it's of... easier to land if you only go one foot. Yeah. That's that's what I would take from it. But we might as well uh, s- section. The, Wait, will we go through the rest of the questions, then talk about Mania? Yeah, it's just as while I'm, while I'm remembering here, shout out to Dan Stritch as well. He, himself and his friend were sending me uh, Snapchat. Snapchat's journal. Yeah, yeah, he's a great man on Snapchat. I get some of them. Uh, ripping the piss out of my accent. Um, Danny Berry wants to know, is OSP the most random fighter in a title fight ever? Title Joe Soto. Oh, yeah, no, Joe Soto takes that. And then finally, Robert Mannion, what chance do you give OSP and Cejudo at UFC 197? Is it a good underdog double? I think Cejudo I think OSP is a better chance than Cejudo I was thinking about this Cejudo fight Cejudo has no chance does he? He's too slow he's not technically as good he doesn't use his wrestling particularly well in MMA how is he going to win the fight? I don't think he's going to sit and lie on uh, Demetrius Johnson for five rounds we'll see we will see Um. Vinny C wants to know who are your most famous Twitter followers apart from him, of course. Mine or yeah. yours? Well, both of ours. Maybe both. I, you, you thought first. Well, Connor probably, I'd say. Mine probably Dana also White. Also be Connor. Oh, does Dana follow you? Yeah, Ronda Rousey. How does Rousey follow you? That just must have been an accident, was it? No, we're close personal friends of myself, Ronda. <laughs> Big Karen fans McGregor. of each other's work. Ariel Hawani. Hector Lombard I don't know I haven't looked I don't I don't pay that much attention the only time I know when someone good has followed me is because you get a notification on Twitter yeah. saying someone good has followed you because yeah. their their profile will come up um, Darren Das wants to know when will we see Paddy Houlihan fight again and who would you yeah, give him SBG Tala posted today like a graphic design an image of the new gym layout so I'd expect that to be up and running before we hear any sort of Paddy uh, Paddy fight announcement. I did an article there a few weeks ago about who the next Irish people should fight next. I can't even remember. Who did I put for Paddy Hoolan? You surely read it, Andrew. You I us. did not. Um, oh, John De Las Reyes. That's who I put, I think. Ah, not a bad fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Colin Ward, Leds59, wants to know, if Jones DC2 were to be added to UFC 200, would it become the main event above Nate and Connor? That's a good question. That's a very good question. I think so. I think, I think well. so, and I think that Connor may not be happy, but I think the UFC would have every right to do it. Mm. But we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, though, because that's a lot of pay-per-view money to be paying out. Yeah. You're going, you know, when you're looking points. at the guys that are on it, yeah, that are entitled to pay-per-view points, mm-hmm. they'll probably have it in their contract. UFC probably won't want that. 
Um, Eamon McLean, friend of the podcast, he says, do you think Khabib should have taken a tune-up fight instead of jumping in the deep end with someone like Tony Ferguson? Two years out is a long time. Yeah, that, it's not really something the UFC do, though, is it? They don't really give tune-up fights, although Dominic Cruz got one, but... Yeah, maybe. Probably would have been wise, but... Sean thinks Khabib will prevail nonetheless. I think I think he's the goat. Goat. Um, one sec. Just oh, you're whistling now. Why are you whistling, Sorry. Sean? I just have to scroll up here to get the next set of questions. Um, number one. What are your thoughts on Usada settling with Yoel and giving him nine months? Yeah, six months. Six um, months. Well, yeah. then I'm not saying this guy's name because of what he did to me last week. But you know what user that I'm talking about? No, I don't. Who is it? No. Killer Idol 666. No, no, no. Your man with the at Pat underscore MC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what that man. Uh, Pat McGrine. Yeah. I'm Pat. Great man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, it was a tainted supplement kind of job. If you, if you, if you all Romero used the severe May uh, promo code at Ross Nutrition, he'd have no problems like this. Let's be honest, it's a tainted supplement he got. Uh, look, I'm just glad it's kind of over with now. It was, it was t- you know, it was tending to drag on, but this is going to give fuel for every fighter that fails a drug test to go, oh, I did a tainted supplement too. <laughs> and like, it's going to be hard to prove it, but you know, they can look back and say, why why did Yoel Romero get off and why am I not getting off? So you could see a, you could see a spate of this now. Finally, well, the from rock. from him. Will Bellator sign Shane O'Mac? They should. They definitely should. They should. He'd beat Kimbo. Um, we've a couple more. Keith Kavanagh, what do you think of death before decision? There were t-shirts on the Polaris refs <laughs> and every fight was a draw. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Sean Denny wants to know, with recent somewhat, Somewhat recent harsh cuts of Park and Wilkinson. Is the UFC now more unforgiving on the European fighters? They have been. Well, European, I don't know. But they have been for a while with everyone. Yeah, especially if you're, you know, welterweight down. And because of his name, how he felt or snatch, I might as well give him a shout out for question three. <laughs> is Daniel Cormier the UFC's Roman Reigns? No matter how hard he yeah. tries, he just can't get over with the fans. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. And he does try so hard, but that's never going to happen. Um couple of ones now Sean before I let you go and I will let you go do you think Thomas Almeida can become the bantamweight champion from Kill Your Idol 666 he can but will he maybe not I think so maybe after Dominic Cruz takes a full time analyst position Mm, something along those lines Um, not even sure if he'll win his next fight Kool-Aid Jimbo would like to know is Jones DC's trash talk more entertaining than Conor and Nate's it's different, isn't it? It's more real, I think, than, than McGregor and, and, and Nates. Um, I like it, but as I said earlier on in the in the show, I always have that niggling feeling in the back of my mind that they're on a different kind of level, that Jones is always going to be better than them. And people say, say oh, sure, you surely have that for uh, McGregor and Diaz too. No, not really. I think they're on the same level. And I even said that before the first fight. Uh, you know, I think if they've... You know, I think Diaz can beat him and McGregor can beat him, but I don't think DC can ever beat John Jones. Harsh words, mm. Chris. You, cow- you coward, Chris Brennan underscore thirteen. Any thoughts on Connor's prep for Diaz on the ground suffering due to Gunny training in Iceland? I see Americans have 
a misconception that Connor and Gunny train together all the time because they always say his SBGI teammate or he trains with Gunnar Nelson so he should be good on the ground. But realistically, Connor and Gunnar don't actually train together that much. I think unless Gunny's over getting ready for fights or if Connor is over in Iceland as well. I would suspect Connor is going to go over to Iceland before this fight for a little bit because Gunny will be getting ready for his fight at UFC Rotterdam. So I don't think it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for Conor to go out there and chill out. I don't think uh, Gunny was over with Conor a couple of weeks before, especially when they thought it was the Dos Anjos fight. He was there training, helping him get ready. He was there as part of it. I think he was even living with Conor. So, um, See, uh, Carl Vinter was actually out in Iceland training as well. When? Now? Yeah, well, he was like last week anyway. I thought Carl Pender was out filming Baywatch. Uh, no, he was in Iceland there maybe three or four days ago. So he yeah, was. He was doing Baywatch as well, yeah. Back in Iceland. He's over with uh, Wonders, uh, Wonders Honey Badger and Gunnar Nelson. Come so, back on the cards? For Cahill. Yeah. No, I doubt it. I think I he's Cahill is, the, Cahill is the type of guy that he's just doing it to help everybody. Yeah. I would believe so anyway. He's doing that to help... Uh, to help the lads, to help Philip Mulpeter. He's close friends with Philip Mulpeter. He could be fighting again. Very good friends with Gunny as well. Yeah. Uh, he the... doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would do that as well. Also, what was, who was this? I can't remember his name. He fought Philip Mulpeter, the best Irish MMA fight ever. John Maguire? No. No. Donnelly. Donnelly. John, John Donnelly. Donnelly. Myself and Graham were talking about this the other day. Battlezone should make that fight again. I film it this time. Philip Mulpeter versus John Donnelly? Yeah. That's a shout. Stephen yeah. Lowry, we know you're listening. Yeah. Get yeah. on it. Um, yeah. Finally, in, uh, did we talk about female fights at UFC 200? Uh, yeah, JJ Mills. Bit. She oh, said, yeah. what female fights would you like to see at UFC 200? I'd like to see... Uh, okay, as in what about Beth nothing. coming back? Beth is fighting... I know um, at UFC 198, it ties into Amy McLean's final question of, is 198 the best card ever outside of the US? The answer is yes yeah. to that. Okay, so we'll just... There you go. Um, in terms of female fights at UFC 200... You mentioned Nama Hunis. I definitely think I want to see her on that card in some shape or form. I'm just Page. not too sure oh, no. where. Page. Oh, Page already. Yeah, beat Page already. I'd like to see Cyborg against uh, someone. Maybe Cyborg against home if they can make that happen. Brian Ka- Caraway versus Cyborg. Brian Caraway is fighting Aljo. Fighting? Oh, Aljamain Sterling? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, then, okay. So he's booked. Uh I don't know. I have a Back feeling. Form. You're what? a jealous fucker. You only I want me to date yourself. That's it. That's not it at all. That's a fact. No, it's not. It's just. It's a perfect storyline. It's exactly how Cyborg would get the Tate fight. By beating Carowell. Yeah. God. Okay. Anyway. Finished. That's it. An hour and 40 minutes in the book. Beautiful yes. Tuesday afternoon here. I have to go to Dublin now on the 5 o'clock bus. 10 past 4. Should make it comfortably. Mm. If you want to get in touch, though, over the next week, seven days, 365 days a year, we're always available. Get in touch with us. At Andrew McGahan underscore on Twitter. He's at Sean Sheehan BA. Follow us at Severe MMA Pod. And just all general things. If you want to send a question, we'll see it. We'll favourite. We'll get onto it next week. A lot of questions this week. And sorry, there were a couple of questions that we skipped over because we're running very late here. An hour and 40 minutes. I have to go. There was a few questions that needed a more in-depth response. But do not, do not discourage do not fret. Send in another question. We'll get on to it next week as well. Sean, WrestleMania. Before mm. we go. Yeah. I w- First look, of all, Rusev probably has the worst uh, selling of a Stone Cold Stunner ever. Uh, you 
I was actually impressed with it. I, I laughed. Yeah, he, he got some air for a big man. He did, in fairness. No, he looked like Dov Ziegler running through that air. Yeah. Um, but I think we can agree that Stone Cold should have never been a pro wrestler. The I man mean, hasn't better. dropped a beer can in 10 years. He should have been a fucking wide receiver for an NFL team. <laughs> He's w- w- wasted some amount of beer, hasn't he? I was going to say. Oh, roast. he wasted some amount at the weekend. Yeah. I counted ten cans thrown into him. Yeah, man, ten so, cans, and it was all his yeah. beer as well. Did you notice that? Yeah, it, it was, was the, yeah. this broken skull IPA Pro- product placement. Yeah. Oh, great! He, he tried to put it up to the camera, and the camera switched angles straight away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah someone had him anyway. Um, yeah. WrestleMania, what do you think of it? Are we too? Are, why are these men talking about men wrestling in tights? Ooh. Fuck you. It was Fuck brilliant. You. It was brilliant. <laughs> it, was, it was very good. It I gave was it a brilliant. eight out of ten. Look, the, the Shane and Mac Undertaker match we spoke about that was brilliant. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. The uh it was stupid having um what's his name? Chris Jericho go over AJ Styles. That was That was a bit ridiculous. weird. And Oh wait, who won the number one contendership last night on Raw? Yeah, he did, yeah. He AJ did. did. Yeah, AJ did, yeah. Perfect. And The Rock. That's a nice storyline. That's gonna set up is, for yeah. Roman Reigns to turn heel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, you can't have two baby faces going injured. But the Rock going over Bray Wyatt was the most stupid thing ever. I was like, Joe, why are they facilitating the Rock? I'm sick of him. Just Don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm not even going to facilitate that question, Sean, yeah. because the Rock is the greatest human being to ever yeah, live. But I'm sick. Right? Of him. Fuck him. Yeah, he has enough. I'm sick of the Rock. What? Like, what do you think about Bray Wyatt? I like it Bray doesn't Wyatt. matter what you think about <laughs> Bray Wyatt. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good now I have to give you that there. And I don't give it to often But I have to give you that one uh, The women's match was brilliant As well it was, Becky yeah. We were robbed of Ireland Getting another robbed. world champion robbed. Absolutely robbed Fuck's sake That should be a question Biggest female mixed martial arts star Becky or Ashing Daly If Becky had done it at Wrestlemania It would have put her ahead uh, Becky didn't do it yet She like, didn't but... do it yet Ashing Daly still top Yeah <sighs> Any other standouts on the WrestleMania card? Was any thoughts? Any thoughts? Yeah, that was a bit of a weird one now. He lost it again last night. Oh, he lost the title last night. The Miz, yeah. Who did he lose it to? The Miz? Yeah, Shaq was there as well. Shaq competing was hilarious. Yeah. And also, what about the guy who won the, the Battle Royale? Baron Corbin, yeah. Who didn't even get a walkout. Like, that must have been a, a screw-up. Tatanka didn't get a walk-up either. I think they may have jumped the gun. To thank a former WWE legend. So I don't know what was going on there, but... It about 45 minutes or an hour over the allotted time. They were... Me. Oh, well, like, that that just went on so long. It was yeah. it was very, very long in terms of... I think... I don't want to completely blame it on them, but Shane O'Mac and The Undertaker... The Undertaker probably didn't help things. Like, he can't work a match as quick as he used to be able to. There's definitely that, like... The women's match went on very long as well. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant though. It was very good. Though. It was I really good. And the, the level of these guys, like the... Um, who did... Uh, Sam, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens had a couple of nice spots in the... Uh, I like Sammy Zayn. I like I, Kevin Owens. Well, whatever. Yeah. Like, I love it because the two of them, teammates, yeah. former teammates in Ring of Honor, great feud, great singles feud, two independent guys. CM Punk was right in my interview with him, Sean. These guys are now becoming the stars of the company, the guys that he said should have been, and they were like, no, you have to look like Batista to be a WWE champion. Where is Batista, actually? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Changing of the guard, Sean. Changing Mm. of the guards. Um, So otherwise, WrestleMania, great event. Thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Um, I definitely have to get to a WrestleMania. That's on my bucket list. Good, all right. Sandu uh, invited me to go with him next year if I'd like. Did he? Yeah, because I was I texting got, I got him during the week. It. I was texting him during the week. I was like, I am so jealous of him right now being there. Yeah. <sighs> see, see Bader as well going around. Bader at it as well. I have a great screenshot of him. I got it off his Snapchat when he had that filter on him with all the makeup on. Taking selfies so, with fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, what an absolute dick. And Everton losing. He wouldn't even reply to any of my tweets about Everton losing. He was too busy at WrestleMania. Yeah. Him and Stone Cold were laughing at you. That's what was happening, Sean. There's a great song about it. Do you know Anthony Martial? The DeVos. Oh, did Man. you see my Snapchat yesterday? Martial artist. My joke. Oh, yes, I did. Did you yeah. like it? I did, indeed, like there it. There we go. Oh, it's Um... Tony Marshall, he came for France. The English press said he had no chance. 50 million down the drain. Tony Marshall scores again. See you next week. <laughs>